Welcome to the Michigan Minds Podcast, a quick and informative analysis of today's top issues from University of Michigan faculty. Thank you for joining Michigan Minds. I'm really excited about the expert we have with us today. So I'm going to go ahead and ask her if she can introduce herself and share a little bit about what you do at the University of Michigan. Hi, um, thanks for having me today. My name is Allison Tribble. I am a pediatric infectious diseases specialist here at Mott Children's Hospital at Michigan Medicine. I work in the hospital. Uh, my focus there is primarily making sure the hospital is using antibiotics appropriately and treating kids appropriately for infections. So I work on a lot of guidelines and work with a lot of teams around the hospital. I also do research related to that, um, trying to figure out what are the best ways to improve antibiotic use for kids. And I um, also see patients in the hospital and in our outpatient clinic. Thank you. I was just going to ask about where your research focuses. So thanks for diving into that. So as an expert in pediatric infectious diseases, can you describe children's vulnerability to contracting the COVID-19 virus? Yeah, so I think, you know, early on in the pandemic, it wasn't clear how readily kids would be able to contract COVID-19, and if they did get it, how sick they would get from that. Um, and it looked early on like there maybe they you know weren't as likely to even become infected with it. Um, that may have been the case um, early on. I think we also did a lot to really shelter kids, and so it was really hard to really know if that was a feature of the virus in kids or just the fact that we sheltered them. Um, I think we've seen now, especially with this more transmissible Delta variant, that kids can absolutely contract this virus. Um, and, you know, now that we are all a little bit tired of the pandemic, and I think also, you know, understandably, we need to get back to our regular lives and um, especially needing to get kids in schools. They're now in a lot more environments where they have the opportunity to contract the virus. And so we've definitely seen an increase in cases in children. Um, just last week actually was the highest number of reported cases since the start of the pandemic. There were 250,000 cases in kids reported just last week alone. Um, so it's really gone up. Um, and then I think it's also important to note, to note that, I mean, most kids, yes, do very well, don't have very severe illness at all, but there are definitely kids who get very sick from this. And so far in this pandemic, it seems about, you know, one in a hundred kids ends up in the hospital with COVID. And in the past, again, with this rise in cases over the last few months, we've seen the highest numbers of pediatric hospitalizations that we have since the very beginning. So, you know, kids are definitely, definitely able to get it um, if, you know, they're put in settings where they're exposed and there's no precautions in place. Um, and, you know, a, a small number will get very sick and there have unfortunately even been deaths or um, approaching about 500 deaths now so far in children this pandemic. So is that a combination of, as you've said, the increase in children being around other people and being more exposed and the, the different variants that we're facing now, or is it, is it more one or the other, or is it a combination of those two? I think it's probably a combination because early on the studies were pretty clear that even in households, when there was a case, children were less likely to get it. So I think that there probably was some biological defense that children had or just le less susceptibility than adults did. And now that we have this much more transmissible variant, that may still be the case, but it's sort of overpowering that defense that kids might've had. Thank you. Can you briefly describe 
multi-system inflammatory syndrome, which has been mentioned in the news quite a bit recently and how it relates to pediatric COVID-19 virus cases? Yes. Um, so this is, as it's named, a multi-system uh, condition. Um, kids, we see kids get this somewhere between two to eight weeks, but most commonly about a month or so after they had COVID-19. And they don't, it doesn't look like a regular virus. They often have high fevers. A lot of them will have abdominal pain and vomiting or diarrhea. They might have rashes. Um, and a lot of them also have problems with their heart function and keeping their blood pressure up. So um, these kids can get very sick. A lot of them end up in the ICU. There have been a few deaths from it, um, although most, of, most kids recover from it fully, but um, they can get very sick in the process. And it's, um, you know, it's, very, it's been very interesting for us because we have very clearly seen that as cases rise in the community, about a month later, we start to see more of these cases. So we're definitely starting to see that here at Michigan, um, more of these kids coming in now because it's been a month or so since our numbers have been going up. It's happened in the winter too, the same thing after the spike last year in the late fall, we started to see more of these cases. And so I think we'll continue to see them um, and a lot of these kids had very, very, very mild infections. These weren't kids who were sick to begin with, with COVID. You know, they just had a cold um, and, and a lot of them are totally healthy kids. And there's unfortunately not a way to predict um, who's going to get it. Um, it's very rare, but again, it's an, another one of the reasons why we're trying to avoid kids getting COVID as much as possible. You were recently featured in a Michigan health blog providing advice to parents of children who are returning to school during the Delta variant surge. And we will link to that article in our show notes. But I was wondering if you could share a few important pieces of information that parents should know as they send kids back to school. Yeah, there was a lot in there. We covered a lot, so definitely check it out. Um, I think some of the more important things that we talked about, um, certainly mask wearing. Uh, I know this has been a really hot topic for de of debate. Um, and I think even since we did that blog, more and more um, school districts and counties have come online with mask mandates, um, So, which I think is appropriate. I really do think that at this point in time, kids need to be in masks in schools. Um, as we were saying before, you know, yes, this is a more transmissible variant, but if we put kids in, you know, last year we didn't put kids in situations where they were sitting in a room with unmasked classmates for hours all day. I mean, that's a setup for transmission, no matter what it is. So, you know, we, we definitely need to be, have kids wearing masks. And it's not, I mean, it, on the one hand, it's a public health measure, right? It, for the individual kid, the risk is low. And so chances are, if your kid gets COVID, nothing bad's going to happen to them. But we know that if more and more and more kids get, get it, there will be some kids who do get really sick. And I think none of us want that to happen. None of us want any kids to die from this. Um, and so that's one reason is that we're doing this for all of the kids to keep them safe. But the other reason, I think that's a really practical reason, is that we need to keep schools open. And so when we have a lot of cases in schools that you have kids that have to quarantine, especially because they're not vaccinated. Um, and the CDC has now said that if kids are properly wearing masks, they may not have to quarantine. So some health districts, um, some health departments may be um, following that advice. Um, and that's good. I think we're trying to keep kids in school as much as we can, but wearing masks is definitely gonna prevent transmission and keep kids from getting sick and then they don't have to miss school and we don't have to worry about staff not being able to come in because they're sick. So it's also a very practical measure to keep schools running until we have vaccines that we can protect kids with to keep them from getting sick. And then I think that's when we'll start to really see things get back to normal. 
And I know you focus on infectious diseases, but I want to ask about uh, the social pressures of going back to school that kids are facing. And are, is there any way, any advice that you have for parents to help their kids manage those pressures of returning to school amid a pandemic? Yeah, I think this has been a really trying time for everyone. I mean, I know I'm tired of the pandemic. <laughs> I think sometimes people might think those of us in the, you know, academic medicine or public health are really just all revved up about this and pushing all these control measures. And oh my gosh, I'm so tired of masks. I just want <laughs> to go back to normal. So I get it. Um, and kids feel the same way. And I think one thing that's really important for us to remember as parents is, and I, I have kids of my own. I have four kids. Um, my oldest is in seventh grade. My youngest is three in preschool. So I've got kids in school. They're all wearing masks. And we talk about this all the time <laughs> in our house. And, um, you know, I get it that, you know, it's hard on everybody and we don't want to be doing these things. I think one thing that parents need to remember is that kids really take on our perception of things. And so if we complain a lot and we present things in a really negative light, our kids are going to internalize that. And especially in a situation where they don't really have a choice. Like you got to, if you're in a school where you have to wear a mask, which is a lot of places now, it doesn't really matter. You have to do it. And so it's much better to equip your kids with a positive attitude and, you know, try to put a positive spin on things. Um, you know, let them complain, let them get their frustrations out, but also try to help them, you know, see it positively. You know, why, why are we doing this? We're doing this for, you know, other people. Um, we're doing this for ourselves because we want to stay in school. Um, one of my friends who's not fond of masks mentioned, you know, she's like, we told our kids this is an act of charity. I said, that's, you know, a great way to put it. Um, you know, we're doing this for other people. And I think that's, those are really important lessons for kids to learn. So, um, so I think trying to keep a positive attitude is, something that we should definitely be doing for our kids. Um, and I think you can, you know, talk through situations with them if they're dealing with, you know, maybe go to a school where they don't have masks, you know, how do you handle kids who might make a comment to you about wearing a mask if, if that's what you're doing? Or conversely, if your kids aren't wearing masks, I think you should talk to them about being sensitive to other families because you don't know why the kid next to you might be wearing a mask. Maybe they have a sick family member at home. And I think really, um, helping kids to be sensitive to that, I think is something that they can learn from in this pandemic. But I think in general being supportive and just understanding that this is really stressful for all of us and your kids are stressed out too. So there are of course other illnesses besides COVID-19 that we will be facing um, in the fall and you know coming months of winter like allergies, you know, sinus infections, the flu, the common cold. So can you describe the symptoms or signs that parents and guardians should watch for to decide if they need to send their kid to school or get them tested for COVID versus some of those other illnesses? Yeah, it is going to be tricky this year. You may have seen on the news, um, the, in particular, the virus, um, RSV, respiratory syncytial virus, um, those numbers are way up. It's totally out of season. It's usually high starting in November through the winter. And right now we've got pretty high numbers of RSV circulating in Michigan and elsewhere around the country. And, and there are several other viruses circulating too. So that was, it's very different from last year where there were very few other viruses circulating. So I, I think it is going to be complicated this year just because kids are around each other and they're sharing all of their viruses. So, and unfortunately, between viruses, you're not going to be able to tell. I think that's just, you know, if your kid looks like they have a virus, I think you have to, you know, if they have a, a new cough and a new runny nose or a fever, you have to, you know, at least be suspicious that it might be COVID right now because numbers of COVID are also high in the community. So, you know, all of these things are circulating. And so I think in this current 
phase where kids aren't vaccinated, we're trying to keep schools open, um, you know, we're not, we don't want COVID to get into a school and, and spread and close the school. Um, I think parents need to be really careful about keeping their kids home. So if your kid has a new, new cold symptoms and you're not sure where they came from, keep them home at least until you have a little more information, you know, whether to see what their illness is doing and definitely consider getting them tested. Um, I think it's important to be in contact with your school about this because schools may have policies about how many symptoms or when kids need to be tested. Um, some of the health departments are probably giving advice on this. So, um, you know, I don't want to supplant any specific advice you've been given by your school, but I do think it's really important still this year to be really careful about keeping sick kids out of school and testing, having a very low threshold for getting them tested for COVID. I want to go back to um, a few questions ago in your response. You were, you mentioned it, you don't know why, you know, other children may be choosing to wear a mask when it's um, not mandated in their classroom. And it could be that they have a family member who is immunocompromised. And there could also be children who have underlying health conditions. So can you share any additional thoughts about the best ways families can go about having a safe fall as kids are back in school? Yeah, um, I think, first of all, I mean, Right now, the weather's still really nice here in Michigan, so doing as much as you can outdoors is a great way to be safe. You can be outside if you're, you know, as long as you're not in a super crowded setting, it's fine not to wear a mask. Um, so I think let's take advantage of that as long as we can, um, and hopefully schools are doing the same and getting kids outdoors. Um, I think, you know, but as activities start to move indoors, um, we still have to be really careful. We have, I mean, all of these kids under 12 are unvaccinated and still, unfortunately, many adolescents too. So, um, you know, as we bring kids together in indoor spaces where there's less air circulation and they're in closer contact, it's, you know, much more likely that we'll see the spread of all viruses, including COVID. So I think continuing to have your kids wear masks indoors if they're not vaccinated is going to be really important this fall. You know, I think I've had conversations with people about, you know, what's the end game? Where are we going with this? I feel like we're just never going to get out of masks. And like I said, I'm, <laughs> I really wish my kids didn't have to wear masks. And I'm also so tired of washing masks in the laundry. So I get it. I think the end game is, you know, for, I think hopefully we're going to get to a point where we have a vaccine fairly soon. And once we have the opportunity to vaccinate a lot more kids, um, you know, then we will very quickly be able to build, build herd immunity and provide broader protection for kids. And I think that's what's gonna eventually get us out of where we are right now with masks, but we're not there yet, um, unfortunately. And I think it's gonna be a few more months at least. So um, we all gotta hang in there a little bit longer, you know, still it's, it's a lot of what we did last year, you know, keep your kids' contacts limited. Don't have them spending a lot of time indoors unmasked with, I mean, really people outside the household, they should, if they're indoors, they should be masked. As our conversation comes to a close, I want to ask what the big takeaway is that you want everyone listening to remember from the information that you've shared. Well, I think um, I think one thing that I, I will just echo is sort of what I just said is that, you know, this isn't going to last forever. We hope that we'll have vaccinations for kids soon. And so, but we don't yet. And until that time, we have to be more cautious and we need to continue to use these mitigation measures to kind of get us to that point. Um, and it's it's not gonna be forever, but it's gonna be a little while longer. So we really gotta hold on a little while longer. But at the same time, I think that we can still do a lot of the things that we have always done um, with these measures in place. So I, I think people should, you know, 
still enjoy their life and visit with people and, you know, participate in activities that are important to them, but you just have to do it with um, a layer of caution and a layer of precautions. Dr. Tribble, thank you so much for your time today. I know that this information is going to be so valuable to a lot of our listeners and their families. So we greatly appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks for having me today. Thank you for listening to the Michigan Minds podcast, a production of the University of Michigan. Join the conversation on social media with hashtag UMichImpact.